Welcome to the Nebraska Hawksmen. These guys are brave. They're Hawkeyes living in enemy territory. Listen, these guys are way past their point. But they're still Hawkeyes. They're spreading the Hawkeye hype to all of Nebraska. The Frost Advisory is canceled! Corn Huskers? More like Corn Suckers. Are you ready for this podcast? Let's go Hawks! All right, welcome back to the Nebraska Hawk, Hawks Nest, your Hawkeye Oasis, located in a Nebraska desert. Take a little bit of time out of your day, give us a like and subscribe so you can get all the updated videos on all of the Hawkeye legends, current players, coaches, and everything. Today, we are joined by former Iowa Hawkeye fullback, Brady Ross. How's it going, man? Gentlemen, I'm doing well, um, although I'm a little uneasy right now. I see in the top left, I see a red live uh, notice there, and I am liable to say something um, stupid at any moment. So uh, well, forgive me for being a little guarded, although I do know that Drake Kulik made it through, um, and I don't think they've thrown him in prison yet. So no. if he can do it, I, I'm, I imagine that I can do it. So let's get into well, it. You're, uh, you're in good hands, so I know it says live, but – uh, we pre-record these, so if there's anything that we need to get out of here just for the sake of keeping you out of harm's way, we're going to do it. No, I'm a pretty uh, pretty clean-living, G-rated guy, so uh, you shouldn't have your, your work cut out for you there. When it comes to sounding stupid, Adam and I will set a precedent, so you, you'll, you, you, you'll realize that that bar is pretty low. So. And I'll surpass it. Believe <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's Friday, and Jerry and I are on our uh, Friday beer. It's beer 30, so um, hopefully you're relaxing and, and easing on into the weekend. But Hawkeye Nation really likes to keep up with the former players and, you know, coaches, everybody that once they leave the program, you know, we want to see how they're doing. So, Brady, what, what have you been up to right now? How's how's work going? The, I know you're in a relationship right now. How's How's everything going with that? Update us on your life. Everything's going well. Um, I am working. I'm a financial advisor with Edward Jones. I am in a relationship. I do have a fiance, and we're actually closing on a house here. So, all right, doing grown-up things um, here in the, in the recent past. Um, easing into the weekend here, I have a uh, fitting for this conversation. I have a Cyhawk uh, golf tournament tomorrow. Oh, uh, so. You know, we, uh, we're trying to defend, I think, five or six wins uh, consecutively, yeah. um, which, uh, again, uh, seems fitting. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's on top of mind for me here um, moving towards the weekend. I'm not – I haven't gotten into the beer quite yet. Um, I mean, that's something that I try to do in moderation, um, but I do have a Diet Pepsi. So, um, All right. you guys there. That works. Hey, uh, Brady, being a financial advisor, where are you located right now? Uh, which where are you where are you living? I'm in Algona. Okay. I grew up in Humboldt, Iowa. I was born and raised in Humboldt, Iowa, and um, that's about 30 minutes down the road from Algona. So, sure. All right. Does Humboldt still have the Abate uh, motorcycle rally every year? Or? Algona now does. Algona does really. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Well, with you working um, with Edward Jones, Brady, how can you help Jerry with his financial goals? We can we can talk after the podcast. I, I'm sworn <laughs> to uh, uh, confidentiality standards. Um, so, all right, you can't give out the secrets. I mean, then I, nobody would have to come see you. So, I, I get that. 
if you want to think about it, I got 88 cents in my pocket right now to start with. So right. I'll, I'll see if I can scratch up anything else in the meantime. <laughs> All right, Brady, um, let's talk a little bit about your uh, recruitment process out of high school. Uh, you were, you know, gave, gave some looks to like Cincinnati, Iowa State, Army, uh, before you eventually decided to walk on to Iowa, recruited by Reese Morgan. Uh, walk us through that whole process, what it was like, and uh, what made you decide to walk on at Iowa? Well, my recruitment conversation should be a short one because there wasn't much. Um, I th I, you mentioned Cincinnati. I think I don't know where you got that from. I think uh, okay, I might have gotten like a questionnaire sent to me by them um, or something like that. So I probably told one of the Yahoo guys that they were recruiting me. Um, but in, in all honesty, <laughs> no, I uh, I was um, not highly sought after um, by by. Anyone above the Division II level. I had um, Minnesota State, Mankato with a lot of interest, um, Northwest Missouri State. Um, and to me, interest means we're actually going to pay you to come here. Mm. Um, you know, I'll never forget a, a, one of the years before we played UNI. I think we may have only played UNI once. Um, but I was asked by a reporter, you know, well, how are you guys going to approach this? You know, this is a team full of guys. that, And, and he made a good point the team full of guys that essentially Iowa looked at and turned their nose up at um, and said, no, you're not good enough to play here. You know, so they're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder. And, this and I, I kind of laughed because he asked the wrong guy because um, Iowa did that to me. <laughs> um, you and I did that to me. You know, they didn't want me. So Yeah, that was surprising. I read that and you were very frustrated leaving that road trip on the way home. Uh, going into you and I, you were kind of hoping and anticipating potentially an offer and, and that didn't happen. You know, I, I, there were times I thought Iowa State was going to offer. There were times I, th I was certain you and I was going to offer. Um, maybe part of the reason why I went to Iowa is because I never thought they were. I mean, they were very straightforward with me. Um, and you know, a lot of recruiting for fringe in-state guys like me is right place, right time. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about earlier today. You know was thinking about a guy, Josie Jewell, who was about this close to going to Luther College. Mm. Um, and nothing against Luther College. There are really good football players at Division three level. Um, but this is a consensus All-American um, NFL linebacker who almost ended up at Luther College. Well, they offered him, I think – maybe after signing day because the guys who they really wanted from, you know, your, your, your four and three and four and five star guys from fancy uh, Texas schools and what have you, they didn't commit that year. Um, mm -hmm. My year, we got some early commitments and I had some shortcomings um, in areas that I think big time schools uh, look at Um you know, height, speed, things like that. And, and fair enough, I, I, I didn't fit the mold um, for um, a several offer guy. But yeah, so the recruiting process was frustrating. Um, a whole lot, of tr whole lot of trying and a whole lot of failing there. But uh, walked on at Iowa really because uh, that was the no-brainer opportunity. The deck is really stacked against these Division II schools now. Um, or even back in 2015 when I committed to Iowa because um, they're limited as to the scholarships they can offer. Um, Minnesota State, uh, Mankato was number one in the country, uh, Division II level that year, and they're still, I believe, very successful. And I love the visit. I love the coaches. They have 24, I believe, full scholarships to work with. Um, and they, they, I think they offered me like 70% ride, which – was big, but yeah. you know, it, now at University of Iowa, or all FBS schools, even walk-ons get perks that you don't get at, at D two schools. You know, feed, you know, training table, etc. And then, then knowing that if and when you do get on a scholarship, uh, you're going to get the, the stipend, mm -hmm. which you know, for for somebody who's um, food bills already paid and all that stuff. I mean, that's a financial decision that um, that's probably more um, 
lucrative than than anything that they can offer at the division two level so um, it's kind of unfortunate the way that the, the deck is stacked against these D, d2 schools because kids are choosing schools that don't actually have any interest in them really um, over schools that do and I'll never forget telling uh, Minnesota State um, I'm going to Iowa and you know I got choked up about it because I was I was telling a program that really valued me and that was going to spend a valuable resource, 70% scholarship. That's when you have 24 to work with, you know, and I was, I told him no. And, you know, went to Iowa who looked at me and said, well, you, you can come do it for free if you want. You know, so that was a decision that I made and have to live with. And I'm, I'm happy I made it. It was, it, it worked out better than, than I ever imagined. So, so, uh, Brady, we're going to find out as this goes along that you and uh, Drake Kulik are connected. You were the two-headed fullback beast, basically, when you played. And he told us something similar about his recruitment. He talked about how Northern Iowa disrespected him, Iowa State. I'm guessing that was probably one of the big major things you guys had to bond on as far as you, it seems like you both had similar recruitment experiences. Yeah, I think Drake was um, offered by you and I, if I remember right. I don't know what they offered him because um, you and I can offer a wide array of options. Yeah. Unlike- he, had men- he had mentioned that uh, Farley had disrespected him and like and, and in front of his parents, I think, on his recruitment. So, yeah, well, you know, I I never got to the point where I was meeting with Farley um, okay. with my parents. So, um, <laughs> but you know, I I, I can. Not saying anything negative, you know, too negative about anybody, but you know, maybe that was a blessing in disguise for Drake. Um, sure, you know, um, I think you and I's coach is a polarizing figure, and I think that I don't, I don't know that I would have preferred to play for him, but yeah. well, things happen for a reason. So that's interesting, though. I've never heard much about the UNI coach. Um, have you heard much about him, Jerry? Do you know anything about? I- I really have not. Okay. Well, that, that's interesting. That's the first time anyone's even, you know, referenced the coach at UNI. Um, but we're, we'll, we'll move on. I know you probably don't Jerry's want to talk about it. He's had a lot of success there. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Really good, really good. Uh, one double A school, really. I mean, they, they give us a run. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it was 18 we played them. They didn't give us much of a fight there. But, I mean, they have in the past. I was at the game where we had to block two field goals. Um, yeah. I was there as a fan. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they wow. they give it. And, and as that reporter said, he made a valid point. I mean, there's not a kid on that UNI roster that Iowa and Iowa State didn't look at and say, nah, we're good. Yeah. So it's a testament to Coach Farley and to their program that they're able to come and give us a run and, you know, every once in a while maybe beat us. Sure they enough. they take Iowa State to the brink every time they play them, and it's just somehow they lose by like less than a field goal every single time. Like I, one of these years here pretty soon, and I think Northern Iowa has beat Iowa State periodically, but yeah, yeah, they are a tough program. Yeah, it's it's um, you respect those schools so much because you know North Dakota State beat us. Yeah, I was there for that. On paper, that shouldn't happen. And it shouldn't have happened. You know, we played there, this and that. We play a hundred times. I don't know how many times they went, but we played once and they beat us. Yeah. And on paper, that should not happen because again, there's not a kid that's unless you're, you know, a family legacy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not a kid that's going to go to those schools over Iowa, Iowa State, you know, Nebraska. So the the fact that they're able to to fight and claw and and more than hold their own is just um, hats off to them. I mean. All right, Brady, we're going to play a quick highlight of you real quick, and then we're going to follow that up with a question. Sergeant motions out of the backfield. Stanley will give it to the fullback, and Brady Ross is in the end zone. Throwing a bone his way. First career touchdown for the redshirt senior out of Humboldt. 
All right, Brady. So, I mean, that was that had to have been a pretty special moment for you. Tell us about what it was like when in 2016 when you moved from linebacker to fullback. Was that something you were excited about and in favor of, or was that something you resisted at all? No. So I uh, I actually targeted that change early um, in my career because um, part of you know when you when you walk on at Iowa and you are a backup scout team guy okay i mean you're the you're not even on the totem pole you're the dirt beneath the totem pole um there's only one place to go but up from there um but you know you look around and you kind of you know look for it sounds soft but it's really just smart what's the path of least resistance here what am i going to do beat out josie jewel no i'm not going to beat out josie jewel and then you know there's you know three or four more guys coming in every year at that position. And, you know, well, we have Adam Cox and Macon Pleba who are seniors um, and they're going to be gone next year. Um, so I also knew, you know, myself, I, I fit the mold better um, at fullback. I'm not going to run a four five forty. I'm not going to line up in the slot and guard, uh, you know, and drop into coverage and be effective. I mean, I, I'd be really good if it was uh, 1940 and everyone just ran the ball at linebacker. I'd probably would have been all Big Ten, but you know times have changed and I don't really fit that mold as well as a lot of the guys on our roster do. However, I fit the fullback mold pretty well. Um, I can run really fast into people, and um, you know, so my 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 elaborate plan was to work really hard on scout team, um, you know, and be overweight when we weigh in uh, strategically so that um, essentially I, I, the coaches would be forced to move me to fullback because I'm too fat and slow to play linebacker, but gee, I play really hard on scout team. So we got to get him on the field. Let's, so let's move him to fullback. I mean, that was literally my thought process. I'm like, if I work really hard, they're going to want to put me on the field, but if I'm really fat and slow, they'll know I can't play linebacker. So that'll only leave them one option, move me to fullback, and then I, I might be on the field. In reality, it probably would have been, you know, Occam's razor just to ask them, hey, what about fullback? They probably would have said, sure. But, yeah. you know, that, that was my plan, and I carried it out to perfection. So, yeah. Well, you know, during that season, Brady, you, uh, you so you convert, but then that Nebraska game, which we were, were all, you know, the uh, – those of us here in the Nebraska Hawks, as we always love looking back at that game, but Drake goes down with that broken leg, then uh, broken three places. And it's a really run heavy game plan that you guys have to out muscle them. And you end up taking the majority in the lion's share. I mean, take us through that. You know, you ended up having a really good rushing day. LaShawn Daniels, I think went for about 158 that day. Take us through your mindset after that happened to Drake. And then, you know, going through the rest of the game. I mean, were you just zeroed in and focused or, you know, take us through that. Yeah, I remember it vividly. Um, obviously, it's um, it breaks your heart. Um, I hated to see it. I knew when it happened that you know it was a fullback heavy game. You know, there are as a fullback at Iowa, and we may get into this later. You're not going to play a ton. Like you're not. It's not Wisconsin. We're not in twenty-one personnel. 75% of our offensive snaps. So you're, you're limited there, but it, you know, leading into a game, um, if it's going to be a relatively fullback heavy game or not. And this one was, um, I don't know how many snaps I played that game, but, um, you know, I experienced this a little bit more too. When Drake was gone, it's hard to get into a rhythm as a fullback uh, who's playing maybe 30% of the, snaps. Um, it's even harder when you're splitting those snaps with someone else. Um, and you throw into the, the, the equation, it's, you know, 25 degrees and windy. Good luck. Cause again, you, you go from standing on the sideline wondering if, and when you're going to get another rep to making contact with an opposing linebacker at full speed within 25 seconds. Um, so you hate you hate to see it happen, and it's just um, it, it's terrible. 
um, and how he responded to that and uh, came back, you know, better than ever is a testament to his mental toughness. Mm-hmm. But being the guy who was in there the whole game um, actually made it easier. Um, and I thought that was one of my better games. And yeah, um, it was a it was a good result. So how, how sweet was it to get that victory? Because Drake really uh, got into it and told us how um, how arrogant he felt they were and how entitled and just kind of chippy they were throughout the whole game. Can you tell us about what what the scene was like out there on the field? Um, you know what it was like and how good it felt to be able to pull away with that victory. It is and in. in the Nebraska game particularly is uh, there's a lot riding on it because there's nothing after it except for bull prep. Um, other games, you know, heartbreaking losses. Okay. You have 24 hours to, to mourn it, but then it's time for the next game. This one is uh, there is no next game. So, and being Nebraska, you, you don't want to lose it, you know, for various reasons. Um, so it's always that, you know, that added, boy, it would be really nice to not lose our last game of the year here. Um, you know, because then the coaches have us for about a month and a half of bull prep, you know, so. Sets the tone. Fortunately, yeah. I never had to experience that. Um, rumor has it the 2014 bull prep before the uh, Hawk Slayer Bowl was a little less enjoyable than uh, than the several that I experienced. So I was very fortunate to never experience a loss in week 12 well, or 13. <laughs> well, and we appreciate that from you. So thank you <laughs> very made, much. It made life quiet over here for us. So, so, you know, taking it forward, then we go to 2017 and you've got the uh, woodshed game with Ohio State. I mean, what was this the feeling? I mean, how, you know, you go into an Ohio State game, you're preparing, you're preparing for a dogfight, and then just everything starts going your way. I mean, what's what's that feel like when, you know, when you get into that and it's just, you just almost feel like the team can't do anything wrong? Yeah, there were, um, that game, in my mind, as far as the feeling um, of it, is similar to the, I forget the year, the Nebraska game, um, that it was a battle. We, we fumbled a snap on a, on a punt um, early in the game, and it was 14-14. I think we ended up clobbering on like 56-14 to 14 or something like that. I think that was that same year. Yeah, that just euphoric feeling that, you know, wow, things are great right now. Um, because you work so hard. You know, you work so hard and oftentimes wins while you're, you're happy they come um, and you're, you're very, you know, you're ecstatic about them. A lot of times wins are more of a relief than a true positive experience um, because, okay, thank God we didn't lose. Now we don't have to sit through a Sunday of film, you know, with blah, blah. That, at least that's how it was for me. And I know that's how it was for a lot of guys, you know, because we, we talked about this, you know, oftentimes wins can be more of a relief than anything. Th- those were truly wins that you just, you just enjoyed, you know, and it was, it was, um, it was a uh, truly euphoric. And I, you know, you wonder how much of it's post hoc, you know, explanation. I'm not a big woo woo uh, guy at all, but before the game, there was a there was a feeling that you know we were gonna, you know, I I thought we were gonna give them all they wanted and maybe more. Uh, I didn't think we were gonna beat them by thirty, but um, we uh, we showed up and played, and then the week after we uh, we didn't. But uh, it was a it was a fun week against Ohio State, and that was like that was a good one to get. Was there a there there was was there any partying going on after that Ohio State game, Brady? Oh, yes. There, there. I'm sure there was. Uh, I'm sure there was some uh, extracurriculars um, taking place in downtown Iowa City, but um, that's that's only hearsay. Oh, okay. <laughs> just rumors. None of that's true. <laughs> Brady, you really just you know, like you talked about earlier, just take off like shot out of a cannon and hit people like. I, it's just it's insane to watch you plow through that line sometimes. 
who is somebody or maybe a team in, in practice or in a game that when you ran through and you just got hit, it was maybe at a different level and just kind of shook you a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So our main, our, our most violent play, we called 23 and, and 22 B it's a lead isolation, you know, inside zone blocking with the, you know, they leave the first pass of the ID for, you know, just a car crash. Um, a guy like Josie Jewell, you know, it wasn't going to be a collision, but he was so good with his hands, you were probably going to end up on your face. Uh, but a guy like Aaron Menz <clears throat> or, or Imani Jones, definitely, um, it, it was going to be, you know, Imani, frankly, was probably the one that I think got the better of me more than I got the better of him. Um, he, he was an incredibly explosive athlete really strong, really just solid. And um, you, you hope for a stalemate um, at best. Uh, maybe I got the better of him a couple times, but, man, he, he came downhill and he wanted to hit you, and he was pretty good at it. Um, Juwan Bentley for Purdue was uh, similar in that regard. Big, strong men who are not afraid of a collision. Um, and play with good leverage and, and, and all that. So, yeah, there, there, there are a couple that, you know, while I do agree that was probably my strong suit, um, there were a couple that uh, even I, when I got in my stance, was, uh, you know, thinking, man, I better, uh, better get all my ducks in a row here because they're about to be scrambled. <laughs> so kind of taking those last two questions together, your playing style was basically – battering ram at full speed and then going back to that 2017 season one of the things i've always been wondering about in that pinstripe bowl was that footing in yankee stadium and i mean how difficult was that on you guys trying i mean if you're trying to go full speed on the block of ice i mean how difficult was that footing what was that like for you i mean what was that just that game atmosphere like and that and and how it proceeded proceeded it was it was bizarre um so the, the day before, on our on our Friday practice, we we had very short time in New York. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we we approached it almost as an away game. I think we were there. We played on the twenty seventh. I think we were there on the twenty fourth or the twenty fifth. So we didn't spend much time there. We only had one practice there, and it was our Friday jog through, check the boxes practice. It was at Fordham College, mm -hmm. and that was an ice rink field. Um, and I remember we were talking, well, the, the game field is not going to be like this. You know, I mean, it's kind of sucks that our Friday practice got completely just destroyed by this. You know, we, we pretty much wasted a day out here, but at least the game field is going to be, you know, because it's Yankee Stadium. I mean, they're going to have this thing. The game field was worse. <laughs> so we were at least a little bit prepared for it. I know some guys were trying uh, the gym shoes instead of cleats and, I don't know if it helped us or hurt us because they had to play on the same field. We're a very well coached group on both sides of the ball. So I think we made some adjustments. You, you always think about making adjustments based on the defense, not the playing surface, but you know, you, you show up and you make adjustments to whatever you have to, but it was, it was strange in a way it kind of took some pressure off because you knew at least you, uh, if you got folded uh, up like a lawn chair, you had a, you had an excuse, you know, oh, it was the footing. So was, was it as hard though? Was that turf just block ice solid when you went down on it then? Or I mean, how, what was the field actually like? Yeah. I mean, it was hard. It, the ground's always hard when you bounce your head off of it, but um, yeah, it, 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 had little, it had a little bit less give to it. Um, but yeah. It was uh, interesting. And it, it seemed like a dream kind of when you're in a dream and uh, like you're trying to run away from the monster, but you can't run very fast. Um, okay. And how it was, it was kind of like a alternate universe. <laughs> you're like, this can't be real. This is a division one bowl game. And we're out here playing on a night, but we won. So it was a good experience. Um, I'm sure I'd be, I'd be <clears throat> damning it to hell right now if we lost. And, um, sure. but I, I think that, you know, they had a really good running back. They had a really good team. I, it, 
probably helped us better more than it hurt us, frankly. So, sure. I, I read that Fenway is going to be having a bowl game here pretty soon too. So it's going to be probably a similar situation. You have to think, you know, with with all the resources those organizations have. I mean, they don't care, you know. So I mean, they're not yeah. playing baseball games in the. But I, I I couldn't help but wonder is that the case every year for the pinstripe bowl because I've never heard that that's a thing and not that I've ever watched a pinstripe bowl before I played in that one but sure. um, I, you know it's it's so the the field was covered in snow I think a day or two before and you know I think it's just a matter of keeping the snow off there but it was uh it was good to win that one too because that that ended a that ended a long drought. Yeah, I was going to ask you how redeeming that win was because you guys had had that drought, and I mean, I know it had to be a point of emphasis. I mean, how how was that feeling after that to get that victory and, and put an end to that streak? It was great. Um, you know, that in that year, it, it was redeeming of that year too. That year was not great. We mm-hmm. both sixteen and seventeen. I think we underperformed with what we could have done, and. No one was more acutely aware of that than the guys in the locker room, um, which is maybe something we could get into. But it's uh, it, it's great to – it was kind of like an okay. The season sucked. It wasn't what we wanted. Um, but we were 7-5, and five, I think. You know, you don't yeah. want that. That's uh, not okay. That's not good. Um, but we won the damn bowl game. And uh, – Thank God for that. So it was it was redeeming. It was a great feeling in the locker room. When you say that there was guys acutely aware of that, um, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I just think that <clears throat> there's nobody. You know, I, I understand that there are angry fans, and oh, and man. rightly so um, when when bad years happen and bad games happen, but. I can tell you as someone who's had to go in um, on Sunday morning, no one is uh, more, more upset than the guys in the locker room there. And, um, you know, that was just a painful year because we weren't, we shouldn't have been a seven and five team. And in 2016, we should not have been an eight and four team. Um, So there were a lot of, a lot of, uh, growing pains there for a lot of us that, that we're still going to be coming back for 19 and 20. Um, okay. How are we going to um, push this thing through? Because eight and four, seven and five, it's not okay. Um, that's mediocre. Yeah. Um, at best, because you know, I think we may have had losing records in the league. Uh, one of those two years or both. So um, those are always top of mind for, for every player who, who takes it seriously. And um, we had, luckily we had a lot of guys who it, it did hurt. Um, and, you know, I think we were able to respond in, in a significant way though, you know, clearly weren't perfect in, in 19 or 20 either, but, you know, those things aren't fun. Those, those things hurt because you have no one to blame but yourself. Well, that's something that I think us as fans need to remember and need to be checked on from time to time because, you know, we get so into it and, you know, the, the whole state of Iowa and everyone that's from Iowa identifies, you know, we have a piece of us, you know, that, that are part of that program. And, you know, when we get frustrated when the team loses and we're, you know, complaining about it, um, we need to remember you guys are going out there giving everything you freaking have to try to win that game. And, you know, I think sometimes as fans, we need to be a little bit more aware of that and a little bit more, you know, vocal about, you know, I, I think for the most part, Hawkeye fans out of all the college fan bases are pretty relentlessly supportive of the team. But again, like you said, a lot of us in a seven and five year, people get frustrated and get vocal about it. But I think that's great what you brought up. Um, about, you know, for us as fans to keep it in perspective and, and stay grounded and stay behind you guys. Well, and, and it's totally fine for fans to be frustrated when things aren't going well. I mean, that's what being a fan is. If you're going to be happy when things are going well, you know, I mean, there's a there's a flip side to that coin. Um, there has to be necessarily. But um, you know, as long as it just – as long as it doesn't get personal, you know, and, and sometimes with the cesspool of, of Twitter and – yeah. 
some of that stuff. I mean, it, it's just, uh, in the end, you know, there's, there's money involved. People bet on these games and yeah, um, it's, it's it, as long as it doesn't get personal by all means, but you know, I mean, there's no one feels worse after a pick six than the quarterback. No one feels worse after a loss than yeah. the guys that got to go in there, but it's no, it's, it comes with it. I mean, it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, and that's why we do it. So yeah, you know, we, I don't yeah. think we would want the fans to be happy with us if we lay an egg at seven and seven and five, eight and four. I mean, that's again, like I've said, that's not okay. Yeah, um, it's not acceptable, and uh, that's it's totally fair. So, but like you said, don't make it personal. That's the stuff that you know is over the line. I don't know. What do you think, Jerry? Well, and I was just going to say from uh, what Brady said from a fan perspective. You know, we hear so much from the outside, the noise about, oh, you know, good old Iowa, eight wins, you know, and on and on. And to actually hear the perspective from the players saying, you know, that wasn't okay. We weren't happy about it. We were acutely aware of it. I mean, it's, you know, I think so much, I I think so much from a fan perspective, that's what we hear about is, you know, that I was happy with their eight win, nine win seasons. And I mean, that's, that's exactly the opposite of what you're saying right now. You know, I think luckily people in leadership positions, um, you know, who are making personnel decisions on coaching staff, they understand how hard it is to win in this league. And that, yeah, eight and four, seven and five, probably, you know, over the long term average probably puts you in the top 25 in the country. Um, it does. I mean, I don't eat, mm-hmm. it just, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean we're, we're okay with it because we don't uh, run everybody out and, and, uh, you know, look for the flavor of the month uh, next uh, head coach who's uh, jumping around on the sidelines because he led sure. uh, Central Michigan to a nine-win year. But um, so I, I think that we, you know, fortunately, we we understand that it's hard, um, but you know, we 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 don't think it's acceptable either. I mean, no one's excited in in those walls. No one's excited about eight and four. I, I take it you don't want to row the boat anytime soon, is what I'm hearing. So. You know, he uh, he is not my least favorite Big Ten coach, so not even close. I actually I – pr- I probably like uh, P.J. but more than you would imagine um, just really? because there are, there are a couple guys in the Big Ten that, yeah. I, Who, who's your least favorite? I think we need to hear this now. Oh, you know, Penn State has a guy that I don't yeah. particularly care for. Um, I know – I don't I don't even know if, if – uh, Michigan made a coaching change or not? They still up. They still up Harbaugh. Yeah, so he's he's up there too. Um, you know, just the thing I admire about Fleck is that you know it's. Uh, I, I think he's being. Re- I, I think that's him. You know, I yeah. I think that's him, and he yeah. has success. I mean, he's 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 had success everywhere he's been, and there's a million ways to skin the cat. And is it my style? Is it my flavor? No, but you can't argue with the success he's had, you know. So you got to be kind of cool with them because you guys are co-members of the bald brotherhood. So I mean, you guys got the beautiful bald heads. So I mean, you guys always have to have a little bit of an alliance. Oh yeah, you know, I I uh, I don't know how much of a of a brotherhood it is, but um, but you know, I, I guess there are worse people uh, to be in a in a brotherhood with, with than. than PJ again. I, 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 in a weird way, I kind of like him almost as like a movie character or something like that. Yeah. I don't know that I'd want to play for the guy, but it'd be exhausting. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, uh, when he's sprinting down the sidelines, I just love to stick my foot out and trip him one of those times. All right, we're getting off the rails though, guys. If we're talking yes. PJ PJ flex follicle. Uh, abnormalities so um anyway but getting back real quick uh, just real quick one more touching point on 16 and 17 Brady but when you talk about the expectations how much did 15 set the bar for those high expectations because there there had been some struggles I think but going into 15 which kind of basically set the tone saying you know we're gonna go out and you know and have the success they did in 15 how, how much did that set the bar for the 16 and 17 and the attitudes in the locker room um you know as far as complacency um I don't think I don't think that was an issue. You know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, we were really tight as a program in 16 mm-hmm. uh, and 17. We were really, um, 
we were tight because we, we, you know, guys were playing a little bit afraid of the film room. Um, and that was due to some things that, you know, has been addressed in the program since, uh, and, and, you know, 19 and 20 were better. Um, I think now, I think last year was better yet. Um, and, and I think moving forward, it's really a, a strong area of improvement in the program. Um, it is a, it is a tight ship, but I think a lot of guys were, were playing a little bit tight, a little bit tentative. Um, and that's not why. I mean, look, mm-hmm. the truth is in a 12-game season, you know, just thinking about it, you know, scientifically, that's not a huge sample size. And in 2015, like at almost every year going back 20 years in Iowa football history, you can point to three or four games – Mm-hmm. That were decided by, you know, I don't remember 2008, I think, when we beat Penn State. I think we were six and six and six or seven and five or something like that. And there were four or five games that were decided by not very many points. And yeah. 2015 was that way. We had a 57 yard field goal. We had, you know, mm-hmm. Wisconsin trip over their right guard and drop the ball going in. You know, I, I mm-hmm. it's we we were a good team. We played well. We we did the right things behind the scenes and all that. But that could have very easily been a nine and three year or eight and four. Mm-hmm. It could have. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing people need to realize is you play these games one time, once, and the difference sometimes between twelve and zero and nine and three. I mean, look at our nine and three year. Um, or last year, shoot, we weren't that far off. Yeah, from eleven and one. So the two losses were like combined, le- like six points, I think. Yeah, you know, and, and honestly, games that man, I we had at points. You know, we had them. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the biggest thing, and it's the the easiest explanation. And it's also, you know, it's Occam's razor. It's the most likely to be true. It's just, sure. you play these games, they're going to be hotly contested. Some years you're going to come out on top on all of them. Some years well, you're not. You're going to be seven and five. So, Well, and that's kind of I've been Iowa's mantra, you know, ongoing for quite a while. Rob Houtland, when we talked to him, talked about that 12 to 10 win over Michigan. And he just said, you know, he goes, you look at how this could have went this way, this could have went this way, and this could have went this way, and one of the biggest wins in program history maybe doesn't happen. And so, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right with Iowa. It's just always been that game of inches and, and getting the right breaks and such. So, but Tom Moore talked to us um, a few times when I was there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that he always talked about was that, you know, every game is decided by five or six plays. And, you know, I'm sure, like anything, you can find exceptions to that. But that's a man who has seen a lot of football, a lot of football, and um, there's a lot of truth to it. It's it's a game, and I'm not a big momentum. Again, I'm not a big into the woo woo stuff. But you never, I mean, I don't know. You know that 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 Ohio State game. What if Amani Hooker jumps that route and doesn't get it, and it's going six the other way? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe we win by. 30 minus six. I don't know, but it's, it's a weird game and it's like any game. It's just, uh, there's a lot of things that can happen. And when you're only playing one game, that's why they play them. So the Brady, you really exude a lot of the characteristics that make up a prototypical Hawkeye football player, you know, your toughness, your discipline, your commitment. Um, what are three characteristics in your mind that would make up um, a guy that would have to, you know, that's coming up as a high school recruit to become a Hawkeye football player, three characteristics that would be the most important for him to have. Well, I think it's tough to pinpoint three specifically. I think um, you, you have to always be searching for ways to add value. And for some people that means different things. You know, there are guys who, you know, maybe they weren't stereotypical locker room by the book Hawkeye guy, you know, whatever that means. I oh, I just lost something. You got me still? Yeah, yes, you're, you're still here. Cool. Well, I don't know why, but I, I'm struggling to 
Okay. Well, I want to see you guys because I'm having a hard time. Uh... That's more than most people. Most people don't like looking at us. They go, they That's go the best the compliment I've gotten all day. <laughs> we, got a, we got further than I thought before the edit problem. The uh, Oh, no, we still got the audio. And, you know, audio is available on Spreaker, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts for anybody that might be interested. So. There he goes with his plug again. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. So you can't see us right now? No. Can you see me? Yeah, we can see yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess I can do it while staring at my inbox. <laughs> we'll keep we'll keep trucking along here. Um, okay. Brady, what did it? As, as far as yeah, can you, re, you maybe rephrase the question or just restate it if you want but, to add uh, it? Jer, Jerry, was that? I think you asked the last question. Um, Pro, actually, uh, no, you, you were talking about the three characteristics of yeah, that's hockey. right. Okay, yeah. yep, you're right. Maybe the three that you feel like are the most important, not necessarily the only three, but just three that come to mind for um, yeah, a high school kid coming up that really these are three essential characteristics he really needs to have to be successful at Iowa. I think I think you have to always be looking for ways to add value. Um, that means different things for different guys. There were guys who, on paper, um, were maybe subtracted a little bit of value from the locker room and how they conducted themselves, or you know, you know, weren't necessarily by the book uh, program guys in that respect. But they could do things between the lines on Saturday with the ball in their hands that changed football games. And they contributed to the team and added added value in that way, in a direct way. Um, there are other guys that, you know, um, again, I, I mentioned before, as a fullback, you're going to have limited opportunities on Saturdays. Um, doesn't mean you're not in there, you know, for a significant chunk of the game. And that doesn't mean you're not at the point of attack and important when you are in there. But where else can you add value? Add it in practice. You know, add it in the locker room. Add it when coaches aren't looking. Because mm. I'm just telling you, there are guys who, you know, there have, there have always been guys. I'm not throwing names out or anything like that, but this has always been true on every team, not just Iowa. I mean, this has been true on every team since the beginning of teams. There are guys that the coaches think are, you know, great leaders and all that stuff, you know, and none of the players would get behind them for anything, you know, because you, they can kind of sense that it's, that it's a show, that it's a facade. Okay. So be the same guy when the coaches aren't there, you know, try to, try to make people better, try to lead. Um, I, you know, so in, in, in the long run, you know, players will respond to that and, and it'll pay off. I think of uh, the Paulson twins um, and they both played significant snaps on Saturday um, for Iowa and did a great job, but they'd be the first to tell you they're not all big 10 caliber players but the value that those two guys added to the football team cannot be overstated um, I'm convinced that we won football games we wouldn't we maybe wouldn't have won without them and it's not because of what happened on Saturday um, it's because of who they were 24 7 365 they're just that such stuff, quality human beings quality people that stuff impacts teams um, and consequently the game. So find how you can add value. Um, and again, that's going to be different for everybody. But um, as far as, uh, as attributes, I think that's the big one. Just how can you help? You know, that's how, fits how for can anybody. I help? What can I do to help? So, that's a great answer. Yeah. Fits for anybody in life. It's a great life lesson. So, I mean, it fits for us being our age in a professional setting. Honestly, I mean, that was a very insightful answer. And it has me looking within myself as we talk, like, how am I bringing value to the table? Am I? So I think that's a really great thing to, to think about at all ages, you know, even way past college. So that's a great point. What were you going to say, Jerry? Nothing. You know, Brady, I was, I was actually kind of wanting to move on here on that subject or a little bit of subject. But Tyler and um, Drake on the washed up walk ons have been very, I think, honest and upfront about giving the helmet up you know, what it was like when they when they had to put the playing days behind them. You seemed pretty focused. You were academic all-conference. Um, you know, I think kind of like maybe you had an eye on the future after football. But how difficult was that for you to hang that, hang up the helmet 
and, and start into your adult life? I had a much easier time, I think, than a lot of people. Um, I, you know, I think, I think for various reasons, I was very proud of what I accomplished and I was very proud of what we did there. Um, but I knew that towards the end that it was, it was time for, for what was next. And, um, you know, I, I, now you're going to see this with guys who have an opportunity to come back for next year because of COVID. Some will and some won't. I think some people are in that boat where they they identify a little bit more with it um, and some aren't. You know, for me, like I didn't wear the team issued stuff to class. I didn't, you know, wear the, you know, I, I just, I, uh, I poured a lot of what I had into it. Um, it was, uh, it was the most important thing to me. Uh, for several years. Um, and that takes a toll on you when it's some, when anything is that um, front of mind and that important to you, um, you get, you get tired. Um, and that's how I would explain it. It's like, I, I poured everything I had into it and I, I had no regrets. Um, not, not to say I didn't make any mistakes. I made ample, mm-hmm. sure. I made so many mistakes as a leader um, and as a player but you know, I have no regrets because I, I poured everything I had into it. And by the end, if you really pour everything you have into it, at least this is the case for me. I I was ready. You know, I felt like I had just run. You know, like uh, I don't know what it's like to run these ultra marathons that uh, these uh, these uh, Cameron Haynes and these guys running like 240 mile races. I don't know what that's like. Neither do I, we. Clearly, I imagine. <laughs> I imagine it was something like how I felt when it was over because I had felt like I, I had just done that. Um, what, what was a challenge for me uh, was some of the off the field um, issues that happened uh, that, that came to light uh, in the year after I, I left, mm-hmm. you know, because you, know, you had guys that didn't feel like they were being treated fairly. Um, for, for, for something that's inexcusable. And, you know, I, as a leader, you, you call yourself a leader, you call yourself a team captain. You know, I, where was I, mm-hmm. what, what, what did I not, and there are things I tried to do and this and I labeled a contrarian and this and that, but I, I did, I do enough, you know, did, did I, what more could I have done in that respect? Mm-hmm. Um, because that was what was hard for me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's what I uh, you know, still think about a lot. Well, I really appreciate you being honest and, you know, talking about that. I think that, you know, a lot of people could, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, you think about, you know, a lot of different, you know, things you could do differently in situations. And I think that says a lot about you as a person to be, you know, that genuine to, you know, be able to share that with us. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I think, I think uh, someone's cutting onions in here. <laughs> um, but no, I, 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 I hate that so many people have such a hard time uh, hanging it up. Um, yeah, because it is. Um, it like I said, it's really important to a lot of people. Yeah, um, if you take it seriously, it's it's like a piece of you dying. Um, for whatever reason, I was I was ready. I was ready to do that, and um, you know, you you, you know, people. There are people who who never get over it. You know. Yeah. Some of them, unfortunately, start living through their kids a little bit too much or whatever. But um, no, I, I I didn't have such a hard time with it initially. So, yeah, Brady, can you kind of um, speaking on, you know, the emotions of everything, you know, rewind back. And if you can really remember what it was like that very first time you put on that Hawkeye uniform and, you know, you pulled that jersey over and had that helmet on and that feeling that it gave you. Be growing up being a Hawkeye fan, I mean, it's so many kids growing up in Iowa's dream to someday play for the Hawkeyes, and you got to live it. Uh, what what was that feeling like that very first time? Yeah, you know, I I so the first time I I had the Tiger Hawk helmet on um, as a red shirt was a game that I wasn't playing, um, and that stuff never it never did much for me. And maybe that's 
I don't know, maybe that was some of my motivation. You know, I didn't feel like when I went to Iowa and got there and I was on the team and all, I didn't feel like I accomplished anything. I, I was just, I was a walk-on. I was a walk-on guy who they didn't even want. And I, you know, yeah, I'm on the roster and I get the, I get to wear the helmet and, you know, grandma can take my picture standing on the sideline. And, um, yeah. I do, th- I saw guys that that was enough for, um, and, and it, it just didn't do anything the, the swarm. Like you hear people talk about running out on the swarm. No, oh, it's just the best feeling ever. Um, I feel guilty when, when I'm asked this question, cause I don't want to let people down, mm-hmm. um, you know, crush their dreams or anything like that. But the swarm never really did much for me. Um, there's a game to play. You know, I, I, I was focused on that and uh, what, what did, what was emotional, what did um, fill my bucket uh, more than anything was uh, those moments in the locker room after wins. Um, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of my best memories is, is awesome as playing in front of uh, 70 plus thousand and all that stuff, you know, as awesome as the touchdown was and all that stuff, a lot of my memory, best memories were, when no one was around, no coaches, no fans, no cameras. Um, th- those are a lot of my, a lot of my best memories. Sure. You know, uh, you know, men- having, um, you know, mentor, we had mentor meetings with younger guys and, um, you know, a guy like I was, uh, for one of our mentor programs, I was, um, Manny Ragumba's mentor, you know, and it just, um, I hope I, I taught him a fraction of what he taught me. You know, I, I just, it's those personal connections and relationships that you build, um, I think are, they're, they're, they're the important things. And that's, those are, are what I look back on the most fond, fondly. So, sure. Well, that's just, you know, I'm really enjoying this, hearing this from you, Brady, and I do appreciate your candor because honestly, these are all the true traits of leadership, though, is, you know, when you look back and you think, what could you have done more for your teammates? You know, you look back and you think how pe- how people that you were mentoring taught you just as much as maybe, you know, you taught them. And I mean, these are all highly admirable traits. And I just wanted to tell you that, right, you know, where I'm at right now, too, being being an old man, raising kids myself. So, I mean, that's those are highly admirable traits that I, that, that you're describing here. It's a, it's a, you know, it's about a five-year self-help uh, seminar, really. Um, and some people respond well to it. Others, you know, didn't have good times. Um, I certainly had my fair share of ups and downs with it. I mean, there were days where I was thinking, man, when is when is this over? You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's trying, it's tough, but you, you evolve as a person and, um, you know, Seeing well, how you evolve as a person and watch others uh, change as people too, it's uh, pretty special. And I think that's that's one thing. It, it's kind of like a like a five five year long Tony Robbins uh, seminar, probably. Well, that's what I, we were gonna ask you, but I feel like you kind of just answered it um, when you were on your way out after that Holiday Bowl victory, and you know you. Uh, put out on social media. I wish I, I hope that I gave half as much to this program as it's given to me and what it's done for me. And I don't know about you, Jerry, but I feel like you did already did a pretty dang good job of answering that. Oh yeah. I think that's been answered quite throughout this interview. So, I mean, it's been pretty obvious. So, well, um, you know, speaking about, you know, like you were talking about mentoring and relationships, it sounds like your your brother shaped you quite a bit growing up, sending you down the stairs in a clothes basket, yeah. slamming into the wall and your mom being worried. And then you're getting up after you bash into the wall, laughing your tail off. And your mom's like, I don't think he feels pain. Like, you know, my son Brady's a machine. Oh. Tell us a little bit about how your brother shaped you uh, and growing up with them. Well, yeah, you know, as the youngest boy, you're, you know, you're always trying to impress your older brothers and, you know, to this day, that's, I think that's still probably the case. And, you know, they were, they were, they were hard on me and, you know, tough on me, but it was all uh, well-intended. Um, and, and my younger sister, um, you know, I probably got it just as much as I did. She's probably the toughest out of all of us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, special to have, uh, tight-knit family like we do and uh it's a pretty 
special relationship there. And yeah, I mean, I, we, we, we did things that you don't see kids doing anymore, you know, full contact football outside. And, you know, it's like, I don't oh, see yeah. that, anymore, you know, and, and probably that's for the better, you know, parents are probably wising up a little bit with the head injury stuff, but yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we had a lot of fun. I remember like on Mondays going, you know, not being able to go to school cause I'd be playing, you know, backyard football with my buddies all Sunday and I was so sore getting out of bed and bruised and battered. I, I couldn't even make it to school on Monday. I don't know about you, Jerry. Well, I was just actually thinking about how I'd like to drop you down the stairs on a clothes basket and see how well you take it. So no, I don't think I would take it too well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fragile at this age. Next time I'm over, we'll try it out. We'll, we'll send you down and maybe post the video later. So. Yeah, I'll post some pictures of me all beat up and bruised and battered. As long as you drive me to the emergency room after we're done, then then I'll be okay with it. Well, we Brady, gotta, I want to do it now. You said it. You said it live on the air. You got to do it now. <laughs> now we're gonna have people like messaging us, like, "All right, when are you guys gonna do this live stream of Adam going down the stairs in a clothes basket?" I double dog dare you, Adam. So uh, I'll anyway. try fitting me in any clothes basket because I'll probably split it at the seams once I sit down in it. But Brady, we know we got to get back to back to your life, back to your uh, beautiful fiance and financial advising and enjoying your Friday night. So thank you so much for everything you did as a Hawkeye, all the hard work, you know, blood, sweat, tears, all the leadership you provided and just, you know, really representing the Iowa football program in the best way. Well, you know, I don't know about that. I, I tried my best and uh, I, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, it's been a great time. You definitely left the jersey in a better place, at least for your part, from our from our observation point. So thanks yeah. for coming on, and thanks for the time, Brady. Yeah, Brady, thanks. we appreciate it, man. All right, Brady, we always end it with the Go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby. All right, Go Hawks.